Welcome to the Sam Dean Podcast, sponsored by Van Zant Coffee, where we discuss life, uncensored. Okay, welcome to the show. We're here at the Lost Coyote Ranch. Uh, we just cleared some fence rows. I'm joined by my friend Patrick Spruill, and we are doing it, second podcast. So I hope you enjoyed the first one. If you didn't hear it, I had Dan Morrow here, uh, and we talked how we got started playing guitar but Patrick Spruill here I mentioned him in the last podcast he's the one that first turned me on to Guns and Roses Patrick how's it going great to be here Sam um honored to be here first of all and <laughs> honored to be mentioned in your first podcast so um yeah I would say that you and I have been bonded over music for a long time now how crazy is it that we're doing a radio show on the internet podcast is is a nut you know i remember howard stern always saying it's never going to work or whatever and joe rogan has made this empire out of it and i enjoy listening to it especially in the tractor when i'm doing something mundane but we're in here at the lost cody ranch bar athens texas just actually in walton texas and uh we're trying to record a radio show yeah it's it's really <clears throat> It is mind-blowing having both of us growing up here in this area, Canton, Texas, Van Zandt County, and, uh, and and having such a limited exposure to music or, you know, really television or radio outside of, of Dallas, Fort Worth. and But actually, because of that, I think that gives you kind of a hunger to, to learn as much as you can. And, and certainly for me, like, couldn't wait to to get out and hear everything that's out there patrick what's your earliest memory of music take uh, a minute think about it that is a good question um yeah i mean just like, and just start talking like yeah well i gotta think that is a good question um like most people you know through your parents and your grandparents and things like that but i would say uh yeah we had a we had a pretty cool 1957 or so Wurlitzer jukebox so you know I heard a lot of music that on 45s and and uh you know kind of big sound when you're two or three and you're standing in front of it but so uh, what was on that what was playing on the jukebox oh uh I would say my favorite I guess the things that were always on there were were a lot of soul and R&B Aretha Franklin uh Marvin Gaye, Otis Redding, Ford Tops, The Temptations, all you know, so all the great girl bands from Motown, like the Shirelles, and. So if I say Aretha Franklin, what do you think about? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Um. You mean song-wise? I mean anything. I mean, "Chain, Chain, Chain" is obviously, just. I mean, I can I can almost hear the, the record player flipping it down and the needle scratching. And how big that came in, you know, that was a big entrance to a song, you know, like powerful, I guess. Change, change, change. Yeah, because yeah. oh, it just jumps into it. You know? Yeah. But uh, but uh, I would say my favorite Aretha song that was on the jukebox growing up was "Ain't No Way." It was just, it was a, it was a lament, you know. It was a sad, you know, emotional song, but. There was just something about it, you know, that you could even as a kid, you knew these. There are a lot of big feelings to feel out there, I guess. 
What about Marvin Gaye? Oh man, like the probably the most pure voice in Motown, and just yeah, something I always wanted to be able to sing like Marvin, you know. But uh, Se- <laughs> sexual healing though that I love that song. I know that was one of his later ones, but yeah, man, I think in the '80s he came out with that one. But yeah, I think it, right eighty eighty one maybe early eighties, but. It was a, yeah, I mean, that guy could do anything. I think he actually wanted to be like Frank Sinatra. I think he was actually wanted to be a crooner and and uh, kind of got, you know, just kind of pigeonholed because he was so good and so smooth. I mean, Sam Cooke, another one, and yeah. that was also. And then you had Otis Redding, Sim- who was so, yeah. who was the opposite. He was like, he was like something coarse on, what you did know, but. Was Sam so Cooke, I love Sam Cooke. He had a song. It was kind of strange, though. You couldn't do it th- in these times. Uh, it was like she's only 15 or something or 17. What what was it? Just strange. I was listening to it. I remember I was in the Army. I was listening to it at Reconnaissance School. I'd like uh, to back you up on that one. What's, what's the song? What's the title to go? Let's see. Discography. Um Anyway, he was it he was talking a little racy, but these are different times. It was racy, and <laughs> I, and and <laughs> it wasn't eighteen. Let me put yeah, it that way. Yeah. It was younger. Yeah, yeah. And right. uh, I mean, we're talking about some, <laughs> some edgier times, man. Yeah, and we think we're ranching. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sam Cooke was good though. It's uh, uh he was, and again, a a tragic story, and you know, was murdered, gunned down. Marvin Gaye. Sam Cooke was uh um. Yeah, Chain Gang, Cupid, You Send Me. You know it. Um, Twisting the Night Away. What's the song in, what's the song in, uh, uh, Do the Tony Baroni, do the Alligator. Who is that? Is that Wilson Pickett? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Wicked Wilson Pickett. I think, I think. Do the Mashed Potato. Which I had to show somebody the mashed potato the other day. Yeah, so you just you just bring it down. I'm gonna get serious about it. <laughs> I want to say it's some you know kind of get your fist in the air like you mean it and bring it down and, and mash it. The mashed potato. Yeah. And then the alligator. Would you know, you doing some of this? Like yeah. Kind of the baby shark motion. Yeah. I think then you then you get back to nah 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 nah. Yeah. I wish we could play it, but yeah. we can't. But yeah. nah, 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 nah. that's Wilson. Well, Pickett. we feel it. Yeah. Aretha Franklin was in the Blues Brothers too. Oh yeah, she, her that was uh, the movie. That was yeah. her husband that they came to recruit to get back, and she said, "No way, you better think, you better yeah. think about it. Yeah. Uh, you got some good <laughs> going thing. on." Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, what a great movie! And again, like that's really, I guess, for us was a musical. We didn't even realize it, you know. But John Lee Hooker and. And they did, you know, they always did Soul Man. James Brown. I was going to, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, One of my absolute favorites. Sam and Dave. Yeah. Play Steve. The, yeah, the the Blues Brothers, Soul Man. That's incredible music. But Marvin Gaye, when he's saying, ain't no mountain high, ain't no valley low. And that's, uh, who's that duet with? I think it's Tammy Terrell. Yeah, I think that's uh, one of his earlier things. That was a way back. Oh, his his duets. I mean, yeah, yeah it was 
it was, I mean, I mean, it's some powerful stuff. Like I said, this All is right. the stuff I grew up listening to. You so know, I'm sure it would have so been. And, and, and a lot of country, too, you know, but classic. Country. The jukebox, was it 45 record, yes. 45s? Yes. And is that the same one you had in the attic with the pool table? That was uh, that was a different one. Uh, did you, I was going to say our friends the Knots. Actually, it was left yeah. over at their house. Okay. Shout out to Jeff Knotts. What up, Jeff? Who bought my house across the street yeah. in that same neighborhood over by the Van Zandt Country Club. It goes way back. goes way back. Jeff's brother, Kyle, older brother, was the guy that went to West Point. That's how I learned about West Point, you know, besides, in, you know, of course, history class. But right. he was the first person I knew that went to West Point. And uh, just seeing his stuff when I was in high school kind of influenced me there. So shout out to Kyle Knotts. Yeah. So take so take me back. Likewise to Kyle. Hello. The, uh, <laughs> the we played ball together. Yeah. Uh, you guys, yeah. you played sports together. Kyle moved in though from they they moved in from somewhere though. They didn't they they're not they're not Cantonites as we were. The not. I don't moved. I don't like to let's not put labels on yeah. things. <laughs> you know. But uh, but no no I we played uh, you know football together in high school. So he was a year older and then Pat was a year younger. Yeah, and then Chris, and then Jeff. Yeah, Jeff was my age. You were a little, one year older than me. Right. I'm sure they appreciate all the genealogy <laughs> lessons here. But let's let's anyway. map out the family tree. <laughs> but right. yeah, yeah, we had we had some good some good friends and some good connections here, and and that's why I love coming back and getting to visit and and get a little work, do a little ranching, do a little coffee roasting. I'm glad you're back, man. Hey. Well, I've missed you. I've missed you. I've been, so, I've been first, rambling. so first time I ever heard Guns N' Roses, and I mentioned this in the last podcast <laughs> with Dan, was this yeah. man right here, Patrick Sproul, in the in the drive-through of the Dairy Palace, gave me. He had a Walkman tape recorder, tape recorder, gave me one of his earbuds, and I'm you know I'm George's age at this point, maybe yeah. a little older, and You're I'm probably he- about eight. And it was you could be mine, and it was a big intro, and I couldn't believe like. There was such a long pause before the singer started singing, which, you know, in this case, we know is Axl Rose. That drum intro, man, got me excited. And I was blown away. And then after that, I had to have everything. And so when, all right, you go from soul that's your mom and dad's Wurlitzer. Sure. Let's Where, talk, well, now we got to talk about K-Love from 98.7 okay. in Dallas. Yeah. I mean. 98.7 K-Love. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Dude, yeah, my parents always had that on. So I was going to say that was really the only station we listened to or that was around the house, you know, like I would listen to the Eagle, which was a rock station, still is. 97.1. 97.1, the Eagle out of Dallas. And um, and I enjoyed, you know, like I would I, – I liked, you know, pop or, or I say pop, whatever was, was popping. I mean, you know, but – uh. I had pretty limited exposure, but yeah, I would say, you mean like when, when did I really jump from say men without hats to, um, to say guns and roses and ACDC? Um, that's football. Yeah. That's, that's being at the field house. So you went to the field house, which blew my mind and somebody had a tape in a tape deck. It was in a boom box. Yeah, exactly. We had stuff wired for leftover from 1978. Um, that had clearly been wired. We would have it rigged to the ceiling to get a better antenna signal. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was somebody would have a tape, you know, and it was just 
It might be Megadeth. It might be, of course, the coaches were not okay with some of that. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, so. <laughs> I remember, <laughs> but uh, I remember Richard, yeah. Richard, Le, Coach Lay, Richard Lay coming in there, and I had guns, appetite for destruction on in the field house in high. This is in high that school. That was classic rock by the time you got yeah. to high school. And uh, they were singing, "You're out to get me," and yeah. he says the f word because uh, I'm effing innocent. Yeah. And Coach Coach Lay said, "We're not going to listen to that garbage in here." Okay. And you know, I respected that. Sure. Uh, didn't mean for let that play, but keep did, it classy. Did you ever make a mixtape in a boombox where you you put the record and the play button down at the same time and oh. re- recorded the radio? Oh yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding? You know, yeah, like you know, again on some of these stations. And then when I was in high school, they had the Edge. Did you ever? Yeah. One oh five. Nine, well, one oh five seven or something like that. I think it was a one oh two one. It was a ninety four something station when I was in high school, but you could barely pick it up. Yeah, maybe it was stronger on the weekends or something. But it was playing like first wave and second wave and some and some cool punk and I mean people. I was just like, you know, only cool people understood what any of this was. But I, yeah. I was like, I like this. When know? I was listening to it, one oh two one, the edge was. Like grunge. It was more alternative. It was yeah. grunge and alternative, and ninety seven one was like Metallica and Guns right, N' Roses. Right, kept it kept it hardcore. Yeah, one oh six point one was like, uh, you know, Gloria Stefan and and then you know, sure pop kind of mixed stuff. Britney yeah. Spears and I got you. I mean, again, you see that we're talking about radio. Obviously, that's what we had to experience, and then. Obviously, now we're having our own conversation, boring the hell out of people about old radio <laughs> stations. But but uh, anybody who grew up around here, you know, that was important. And if you grew up further east of here, you got Shreveport or you got, you know, I mean, again, that's that's a limited way to be exposed to music. Whereas now, any kid anywhere, as long as they have Internet, you know, can hear anything all over the world. I mean, that's just a whole change of, you know, social understanding, I think. You think that makes less? Because, you know, obviously the record companies were buying radio time for these artists. Yeah, it's changed the industry, obviously. I don't know, good or bad. I mean, I like to play and and do things, but at the same time, does that not just kind of say – at the same time, if if something's good, it's it's good to get it out there, you know, Mm -hmm. and and – you know, is it about getting a record contract? How many people have we liked artist wise, you know, that got, you know, got signed or even people we know and, mm-hmm. and it didn't work out quickly, you know? Yeah. So in junior high, you went to the field house. That's where you first heard. Uh, I think we were still listening to like old Willie Nelson. I think coach Newby who, you know, uh, again, bringing up radio is still, yeah. Michael Newby. Yeah. But uh, coach Mike Newby, but I think Coach Newby pretty much had us listen to old Willie Nelson and, and such as – I think that was an egg track player, as a matter of fact. So, Coach so. Newby in junior high. I ju- would say it was more freshman year kind of – So, he was a high school coach for you, but – No, no, no. He was actually – Coach Newby had retired, but he kind of came up and, and ran the field house and kind of yeah. – You know, we were all just idiots and didn't know what we were right. doing and, and at the old junior high and everything. I love Coach Newby. It, and oh yeah, it, he was my junior high football coach. But I remember being <laughs> this is funny. Oh yeah, he came out of retirement. He yeah, came out, came yeah, back. Yeah. But we were having football practice, and uh, the trash truck was on Big Rock Street, <laughs> and we're out there. 
on Pratt- the old practice field. On the old practice field, yeah. and it's uh, Jack and Diane from t- John Mellencamp. Yeah. John- That's well, I think was he still Cougar? Like no, nah, he was John Mellencamp at this point. <laughs> but yeah, but the trash truck was blaring it, and it was. Changed your life. And Mike Newby heard that and said, hold on, guys. And he held up an air guitar and went, burner, burner. I'll never, <laughs> I'll never forget that. <laughs> Again, life-changing. Yeah, related to music. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's the first time I ever heard John Mellencamp, wow. probably, you wow. know. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then shortly, at, how long after that did Napster c- come around for me? I mean – we're you, open you were already you were yeah, already yeah. in college yeah. at this point yeah for yeah. like for 15 years or so <laughs> well but napster <laughs> napster came in and now we had Not unlimited quite. music yeah i again it just blew yeah mind blowing to where what opened up and and i had some computer savvy friends who were that i'd met you know down in austin and and they loved music and that was something that bonded me and and helped me make friends i think you know down there because it was such a music town you know mm-hmm. and uh didn't matter where you were from or or whatever and or, or you know it wasn't it was just like if you wanted to learn you could ask somebody about the blues or you know or punk or, or whatever you were into but um but yeah i think um yeah it was it was when people started burning cds and and handing me stuff like it was i was like i i turned it on Somebody made me a, a, a series of reggae of, of I knew nothing of reggae, you know, and Bob Marley, baby. And but like this is ska, this is, duh, you know, duh, I mean, stuff I don't even understand. But kind of this this progression of, of music that I really loved. I mean, it just I just loved hearing it, the beat and, and everything. But, yeah, it, it's it was overwhelming. I wanted to go back to that jukebox and just sit in front of it like i was five yeah. you know and uh i remember naps yeah napster came out it's any song i was ever made you could get it for free and yeah so tell me about so um, you, you graduated high school and you go down to austin what was the scene like musically and you know whatever you want to talk about but you went down there and you know you're 19 18 or 19 18 18 18 yeah exactly so um, where was your first couple of places that you went down there um i had some or my older cousins who also were from canton originally but uh both of them had gone to school in austin and and one was finishing her degree and the other other one i think was in law school at the time and and uh they took me to the saxon pub which is on South Lamar, yes, yes. famous place, you know, been there a long time, but you know, a place where, yeah, where Bonnie Raitt or, or Willie Nelson would walk in or something potentially, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and there was a guy <clears throat> from Manchac, Texas named Rusty Weir and, uh, who called himself the, the greatest saloon, the world's greatest saloon entertainer. And I think he was right. I don't think he was stepping, stepping out of church, you know, but, um, yeah, it was, <clears throat> I'd never really seen live music like that. And this guy was really good songwriter and had a couple of hits for other Jerry Jeff Walker and 
whatnot. But it was just it was what's, like what's, to me that was Austin remember, music. I went to Antones my freshman year. What that song? was a big deal. What song do you remember that he wrote for Jerry Jeff or did uh, do you does it don't it make you wanna dance? Don't it make it. you wanna dance? Yeah, that's it. That's one of my favorites. Don't, don't it make you wanna smile? When you're down, 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 down in the country, going to sing a while. He's like, yeah. oh, Lord, don't it feel right tonight? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Making music. Oh, man, this guy, was he was so good yeah. live. He was, I mean, he just, he was tight. He had a great voice. He obviously was a good songwriter. It was just something that inspired me. It was not something I ever thought about doing. It was just so, you know, I, I, I guess for me it was like this is why people go to so, see music. So yeah. if you're on Lamar and you go across the lake, Lady Bird Lake, yep. you go up the hill, mm-hmm. past and Peter Pan's it's golf's going, on your left, it's going to go kind of, kind of, yeah, it's going to kind of You get about curve. a half mile and it'll be on your right. It'll be on your right and there's like a knight. Yep. Suit of armor. Suit of armor in the yep. front and this is Saxon Pub. There's a music store next to it. Yep. But you can park in the back also. Great music. Great live music. Great Texas artist, always, and There's it's, all- a, it's always a, a real honor to, you know, if any bands play there, they're, they're probably worth seeing. And I've been there several times. There's a show starting, it probably opens at 7 or something, but there's a midnight show. Yeah, usually. Usually, usually yeah. every night is a midnight show. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's live music seven days a week. And... If you never used to be, if you've anyway. never been to Austin, you have to go to this place. Or if you've been to Austin, you've never been to this place. I mean, it's famous. It's one of my favorite. Every time I go there, uh, somebody that's playing blows me away. The best guitarist I've ever seen, one of the best guitarists I've ever seen perform live, was performing there. Just I don't even remember this guy's name. He was just killing it. He was a part of a band, and I was like, "Geez, Louise, man, these 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 Austin guys, these guys can play." Well, I was going to say, like, <clears throat> from my experience, that, you know, it was a it's a town where a lot of people and people like me who just, you know, wanted to be around music. And, I you know, the more I was around it, the more I wanted to be around it, the harder it was to go to class and uh, or certainly the harder it was to get up the next morning. But um, but it really was something I got to just kind of organically. I don't want to overuse that word, but use like or, or organically just kind of get closer to music because i just went and heard you know if i heard a blues band played on sixth street which used to you know again like maybe wednesday or thursday there were good bands in there just wanting to play you mm-hmm. know and might not be very many people but especially when you were underage uh i know the tabc's cracked down a lot on that but uh <laughs> but uh, it was easier to just yeah walk in get a beer and sit and listen to a blues band. But, um, but I felt like that was a town where people from all over the state, all over the country, like it, it's a music town because it encouraged musicians. It was, it was friendly to musicians and, and music. And I think that's a big part of why Dallas has a scene and Houston has a scene and San Antonio has a yeah. scene, but you know, it's a, it's a different kind of scene. Dallas, Dallas really doesn't have a scene of comparison at all to Austin, but you know, in deep Ellum, uh, trees, great stuff. I mean, trees great, yeah. is the best to me, the best live music venue f- as far as sound goes, the best sound stage. Oh, I've yeah. seen some great show at trees 
in yeah, in deep elements. Deep yeah, I mean, I've seen some of the some of the best shows I've ever seen uh, were in Deep Ellum, and I guess what I'm saying is maybe music. Austin was a good town for bands to kind of come together. Like you say, you might have some incredible guitarists, you know, in in one band, but maybe they haven't figured out their sound, and you know how bands mm-hmm. are; they break up all the time. There's a lot of drama and things like that. Yeah. And, but it's you know that was a good town for people to come together and and maybe develop and then they went on to LA or New York or to record you know or, or Nashville is a big town now obviously but it's all right but. so what about the Continental Club on Ugh. on South Congress just legendary man I mean I used to go see Junior Brown on my who gets to see Junior Brown on Monday nights you know what I mean like <laughs> one of the world's most incredible performers and yeah you know and while he what, wasn't touring. Yeah. What time would he play? Man, I feel like it was still fairly early, but everybody would pack in. God, I think it was oh, – I used to remember who it was. I mean, it was a full – again, full yeah. night of music, you know, every night. The Continental Club, legendary. And, and just to be able to get to see, you know, just to get to hang out there. It was – this was the mid-'90s, you know, and it wasn't always packed. I mean, you know, a lot of time it was, but – yeah, I guess it was more about who was playing, but you know, what a just any any again, anybody you can yeah. see there is gonna be it's a cool experience. And I don't know now with the coronavirus, but my favorite was James McMurtry. He played there every Wednesday night at midnight, like yeah. so Thursday morning, midnight show at the Continental Club. And hopefully that'll come back. But James McMurtry is Larry McMurtry, the famous author's son, who is an incredible songwriter. One of my great favorites. Performer. Yeah. A great performer. And he had just a standing show there. And, and hopefully when this place opens back up, he'll still perform. Oh, no doubt, man. He's always – I think he's on the bill f- for a lifetime. I mean, I got to have lunch with him. Or next to him, there was a uh, – I can't – I think it was called Las Camarintas or little uh, Latin American food place, kind of a lunch counter on maybe 1st or 2nd Street. And I want to say Congress – and I looked, there's a portrait of him. Have you been in there? No, uh, no. There's a portrait of him above the lunch counter, behind the counter. And so I was sitting having my lunch, and I was looking up at this portrait. And like I looked down the bar at the guy next to me. I went back to eating and looked back up at the portrait and looked at the guy next to me. And it was, he, he wears a very famous or kind of unique style of cowboy hat. Yeah. And, um. And he was sitting next to me, <laughs> and I was, I was like, "I was like, man, that's James McMurtry." And I was like, I'm, when, "He was in Lonesome Dove, you know. He had a small. He was in. I think he was like acting's not for me. Yeah, I didn't know he was in Lonesome Dove. He's just one of the cowboys, you know. Yeah, and uh, when they go up to see the well, Larry, the late, Ma- Larry see, McMurtry wrote Lonesome Dove. Yes, correct. And, didn't uh, direct it though. No, or, no, no. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He just, I guess James was at the age and was just kind of like. He's one of the cowboys for the. So where's this restaurant? What's the restaurant called again? And where is it at? Uh, I I wonder if it's still there. It's, I mean, this has been 15, 16 years ago. But um, I want to say it's at the corner of Congress and Second, maybe Second or Third. Um, no, second, or or right in between there. It's is, right on the strip. Is Second or Third? Is it in town or is that? On the, on yeah, the yeah, south it's, side. it's on the north side of the river. It's on the north side of the river. Okay. I think that I think second is now like Willie Nelson Boulevard, but I've been gone for a few years, seven years now, seven or eight years. So awesome. Yeah. So we got the Continental Club. Yeah, man, that was crazy though. Yeah, I was like, 
and I recognized him more from Lonesome Dove because I'd seen it about 15 times. <laughs> Nelly has yeah. like one or two lines, but he's like, nope. So I saw him, uh, speaking of Continental Club, like I, I love, I've seen the James McMurtry show three or four times, and maybe five, but yeah. I talked to him after a show one time. I was drinking Guinness, one of my favorite beers, the Irish beer Guinness. I'm s- sitting next to a kegerator. Brought to you by Guinness. Yeah. But, uh, I was drinking it out of the can that has. If you don't know about a Guinness can, it's got a widget in there they call it, but it's like a it's like a spray paint bottle. It's got a it's got a ball in there, and when you open the can, that ball releases nitrogen, which I learned all this stuff because I looked it up. But <laughs> I I like the taste of the can. It's like it, somehow it's better than the bottle. And agreed. And I knew that, yeah. and that's what they sell at the Continental Club. And I was talking to James McMurtry, and he looked at those cans, and he goes, "You know, I, f- I think the cans are." better than the bottles and i was like wow man Again. not only do i like your music but you know we have the same taste in beer or clearly or clearly some shared wisdom and uh and, and again like i say i yeah. after i recognized who it was i went i started going to see him and again to see somebody live his music is great recorded but he's a great live performer yeah. and beyond just a awesome guitarist and songwriter and, and has incredible musicians playing with him yeah, yeah i mean like drummer bass player guitar player again respect like for he knows exactly what he wants to do and and does it which i you know that's that's one of the hardest things isn't it finding your sound like finding your real voice you know? so if you're in austin midnight james wednesday McMurtry. night thursday morning try to go to a james <laughs> mcmurtry show. Yeah. so i've been to austin city limits music festival a few times and like one of the nights, one of the Austin City Limits festivals, one year the Killers were perform- performing, so they w- did a a surprise show at the Continental Club. Like they just performed un- wow. unannounced, and a band as big as the Killers yeah. do something like that. Um, it's a lot of people in that band too. It's not a great big stage either. It's not a great big stage, <laughs> but the, you know, I'm sure yeah. it was just four of the that's the r- main four or that's whatever. That's badass. But that's how cool Austin is. And were, were you told me the Prince story, how some, yes. somebody – can you tell that story about Prince with the birthday? And like, it's probably a, a legend. But it's probably true. I, I've honestly – yeah, I, I won't bring up names because I don't want to be called out for being wrong. But I, I know this person um, and we're mutual friends. And I remember the, the club was called the Belmont. I guess we could – do some research on it but um and had been there a few times before i want to say it was on west six um a little bit past the normal sixth street type thing and it and a cool place and 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 whatever by whatever standards you know that means but um yeah it was for some closed for private party and i remember driving past it for some reason that day and like thinking that was kind of weird because it was you know uh, what should have been a busy night um or a, a usual business night, but I found out later through mutual friends that this certain girl had a birthday party. Maybe it was her 30th or uh, maybe not. Maybe her 21st. I don't know. It was a big deal, apparently. And uh, that Prince played a private show. Again, I'm pretty sure I could verify that if I call some people, but. Uh, yeah, can you even imagine? I, again, I just I couldn't even wrap my head around it. Although I want to th- say this person pro- whose parents probably could afford it. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're talking like a million dollars for that. Well, I would, I, you know, I, you know, I, I don't know. Something I mean, close to that. I would that. think six digits might cover like two hours. Yeah, but but um, but they had to. I think you told me they had to. But this would have been maybe. Think about this: twelve, thirteen years ago. I mean, what was Prince doing in two thousand seven? Right. You know what I mean? He so. was, yeah. So did, could have been in between things. Did you yeah. tell me that he wouldn't go through the front? And they didn't have a back door, and they had to take the bricks out. Was that it? I don't know that I came out. I said that, but I, I feel like my my brother Michael has heard this too. Elaborated you know? so, on. And again, uh, this maybe could be completely urban legend at this point. Yeah. But I'm the person whose birthday it was. I know that person, although I didn't really get to know her until after the after this. So. I don't know if I remember asking her or, or would be so pretentious to say, yeah, yeah, did you have Prince play your birthday? But Well, next time you uh, see her, I would ask her. I might, yeah. But uh, So, speaking of Prince. I could probably find so out right now. your brother, your little brother, Michael. Younger brother. Yeah, younger brother. Um, he may so, be bigger than me at this point. So, Michael lost his driver's license. We won't say why. But I was a, I was a freshman. He just fell out of his pocket. <laughs> yeah. I was a freshman in high school. We were both on like the high school golf team, so I would go pick him up for for the tournaments and for practice, and because I think we'd go hit range balls in the morning or something. And the first time I heard Prince, um, Michael had uh, Prince the Hits Volume Two, and uh, on CD I had a CD player in my vehicle. Nice. He's always been ahead of the game for sure. And he got that from, he said he got that from Graham Delk. Which Graham, <laughs> <laughs> he got that album from Graham Dell because Graham apparently moved in from Dallas or somewhere, and so had, he knew what was what. He had like Prince, you know, like everybody here is like you're either Guns and Roses or Metallica or you know George Strait. Um, I don't know, man. I was all over the place, but we uh, he was playing that Prince for me, and man, I fell in love with Prince, and I still love Prince to this day. Been to his house, seen him in concert, wow. like it is. That was your really kind of first exposure? Yes. And I was a freshman in high school. So Michael and I both got in Guns and Roses. You're Guns and Roses. He's Prince. That's crazy. And I mean, I just, I heard it and I was, (laughs) so after hearing it, I research and then I'm like, okay, not only is he a great, you know, has great albums or whatever, but the, the guy is one of the best that's ever been playing guitar he's he can play drums he makes he i ma- had no idea every year every year since i've heard prince since i was seven or eight like i i've constantly learned more about this guy like i'm constantly amazed by this guy yeah i mean it, it it's it's endless the amount of yeah. just the amount of content he produced he had so many albums and he had a vault in his in paisley park in you know minneapolis with a lot of unreleased tracks. He got out of a record. Oh, yeah. He changed his name to a symbol yeah. just because just he wanted to stick it to Warner Brothers. Just to release <laughs> more material because yeah. Warner Brothers said, "No, Prince, you can't release this many this much material." And he got mad. And yeah. um, he, uh, I mean, again, was a, just changed it. When Batman came out with Michael Keaton and sure. Jack Nicholson, he made the entire soundtrack for Batman. I mean, that's how big of a star this guy was. That's when he went with those assless pants, I think, about that time. Yeah, I I remember. He didn't care. He just didn't give an F. All right, this is weird. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about it. He dresses like a woman. He wears makeup. 
but he's the most. He's not the woman. He's not the man. He is something that you you can never understand. Right. So he he's responsible for <laughs> bringing up Carmen Electra. He dated Kim Basinger during Batman. Sheila E. Sheila E. I mean, he's the most masculine. Sheena Easton, I think he most feminine some, person, oh and it, it's wrote not, for the Bengals. I mean, <laughs> come on. Sinead O'Connor, nothing compares could, to uh, you. Good Lord. And they're all, all these women are beautiful. Like, there's... Shaka Khan. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Like, I wish we could do that right now. What, I mean, you know, Jamie Foxx does a stand-up on uh, about Prince, but it's like, what are you even looking at, and how are we okay with... Like, I'm, I'm completely fine with saying, like, Prince is one of my favorites of all time. Absolutely. And, but the guy, he's his own, like, he doesn't care. He's a separate entity. He's almost, I don't want to get sacrilegious, but, you know, like, you know, Buddha wasn't a god. He just, he found a higher <laughs> sense of understanding and consciousness. Yeah. I think Prince maybe was in on that level somewhere. Could have been the shoes. I don't know. Yeah, high heels. And it, yeah. it's, where's high heel boots, dances, jumps. And Again, the only person that could, you know, be cl- like James Brown, obviously, was his one of his great influences. Like, probably the two best live performers that ever existed. Yeah. Ever, you know. Chuck Berry would have been up there. But, right. Yeah. Jerry Lee Lewis. At, at of times, course, yeah. you know. So, my only time I saw Prince live was in high school. Uh, saw him at the Fair Park Music Center, which is the Fair Park. They have a theater, an inside place, where they did like Broadway shows and stuff. So Prince played nice. there and I'm in high school. I'm in high school and they only, they didn't sell beer, but they sold, sold mixed drinks. So I, somehow <laughs> I was able to get a couple of mixed drinks. Did in you me. take a date? Hunter. Nope. <laughs> Hunter Allen, who my mom's best friend from college. Um, Carol Allen's son. He's also a Prince fan. I've he lives, lives know, in I've Dallas. Yep. The only other Prince fan I knew as a kid, you know, cause everybody's like, Oh, Prince is gay, man. Anyway, so, which they were completely wrong, but, well, maybe not. I don't know. Who knows? But he was, he was certainly like, he had some high spirits, you know, like gay spirited. So I went to the show. He played from nine to midnight and you know, I'm 15 or 16, yeah, dude. nine to midnight. And then he goes, there's an after party show at the Red Jacket nightclub on Greenville Avenue. <laughs> And I, I don't wow. know. I don't. First of all, I don't know what Greenville Avenue is and whatever. But I'm going. Who? How are y'all getting around? Is my question. I'm driving. I used to drive to Dallas without a driver's license. Good like that's know. how crazy things used to be. I would never let George do something like that. Yeah. I used to drive to Dallas with, with, without a driver's license. I drove to Dallas on a school night. Yeah. Nine to twelve was the concert, and then he said there's an after party show at the Red Jacket nightclub. Yeah. I went to the Red Jacket nightclub. You can't even look this up on your phone. You had to ask around and figure out how to get there. How do you get to the Red Jacket nightclub? Yeah. Drove there. He <laughs> he came on stage at one thirty in the morning with Damn. with Erica Badu, and this who's from Dallas. Who's from Dallas? And this place, the Red Jacket nightclub, was like oh, that's so sick, damn man. small. It's like two thousand square feet in my mind. Hey, like, you got to see Badu. I mean, Badu early and Prince, and it's his band. Wow. He comes on, and I'm right in the in front of the stage. I'm 15 years, 16 years old. He plays till 3:30 in the morning, <laughs> and then I come home. Oh my God! It was the most incredible thing I've ever seen in my life. You didn't care if you got grounded for two no, months. No, no, it was yeah. worth it. Yeah. 
I've never seen something like that <laughs> since since then. No, I mean I've never seen anything like that. Maybe maybe a couple of things. The only thing that's been close, really, close. I've been to a Bruce Springsteen show. I've been to like ten of them, but one of them, like he doesn't care about the length of the show. He'll play forever. But most shows you go to, it's a finely oiled machine. There's a set list that's same. The set list is same as the night before. You can get it off the internet, and people ruin it for you. They tell you what what the next song is going to be. That's why I don't talk to people. And then they're going to play for two hours or two and a half hours max, and then they're done. Right. They're on a system. Yeah, I got you. Of course, they say you know, like, and I agree. Like, you know, the the, the road crew that's building the stage. They got. They're on a schedule. They're on a schedule. They have to go to bed. They they don't have to get overtime if you go over or whatever. That's right. But uh, that I could not believe, because you know, of course, I've read books about Prince. He would stay up all night long. He would only work at night. He would sleep all day, and he would just record at his house all night long. And that's what he liked to do. So, yeah. you know, three thirty in the morning was just a normal deal for him. He didn't he didn't believe in time. Yeah, I think he was a true introvert, and you know, like he just wasn't since the age of about thirteen or fourteen. He just wasn't on. He was doing his own thing. You know. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, again, don't you think back? You just listed off all those females that he worked with and it's, and got going, and like you're talking about Badu, you know? Yeah. And that would have been very, very early on in her career. So, so only I can see that. Yeah. Only Badu song that I can I know is "You Better Call Tyrone." Oh man, yeah. you better call yeah. Tyrone. Yeah, I just got goosebumps. And of course, she, yeah. she played that, and that's I knew it. Yeah. Because Luke had that had it off of something he had it and i'd heard it in michael and i'd heard that our brothers and um yeah anyway you want another beer i'd love a beer um yeah luke's got some deep cuts and uh and michael obviously is a as a as a man who enjoys his tunes and constantly turning me on to new things you know but i never get tired of listening i'm i'm re discovering things that you know that i haven't listened to in a long time and we were talking about um you know the faces the other day and ronnie wood and 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 rod stewart yeah. obviously rod the bod and just so- soccer players we were yeah, watching a soccer match yeah exactly like and again like what kind of life has this guy lived you know who uh played a little pro soccer in the uk yeah. then hey that didn't work out i'll be i'll become a lead singer yeah. in a band and so my mom had a rod stewart tape or something and that's how I, I learned about rod stewart good on you mate and i love it yeah he's got a lot of a lot of classics and and what i mainly though my mom i remember in her blue suburban was thank you murphy by the way <laughs> murphy's on this podcast too he just can't talk he can just shake he's still shaking a little bit of that wetness off but uh she had tina turner and yes Tina. Old, old Tina or like greatest Pri- hits? No, or? it was the Private Dancer album. Oh hell! And which electric? Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah, it won. I think it won twenty Grammys. You know, something, something crazy. Deserved it. But man, sexy. The voice was great, and she has so the much legs. energy. She's like eighty years old, and <laughs> I, I think she had a stroke. I think she had a stroke recently, but. Um, what a, you know. She wasn't 80 in the 80s. I mean. No, 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 no. <laughs> but she was older. I mean, she's like Mick Jagger's age. Yeah, she was. Know. Oh, yeah. She was. She was. That was what was so. I remember just like 
people commenting or I mean like Tina Turner's legs like and she was probably in her 40s late 40s you know yeah. and just was probably you know the sexiest at the peak and the pinnacle of her career and got out from under you know some oppressive stuff yeah and, and I, you know we love proud mary we've done proud mary together yeah yeah at, at my wedding we did proud, proud mary that's right I've, i was doing ike but uh i didn't backhand anybody you're right he didn't he didn't slap me or anything no but that was that was the funnest wedding i know it was my <laughs> wedding I it was a fun wedding. bias yeah. but like we had a band so we got this band out of dallas and i think ashley told them play a lot of prince sam loves prince but they played, it was studio, the band's called Studio 54 Band. I wonder if they're still playing, but. They were great. They played every song, and then they let me and Patrick sing a bunch of songs, and we sang Proud Mary, we sang. They knew a lot of soul. They knew a lot of funk. Black yeah. Crows, we sang uh, yeah. Hard to Handle. Yeah. Uh, I did some uh, some Wilson Pickett. Uh, that's right. Mustang Sally, yeah. Wilson Pickett sings Mustang Sally? That's it. And so and and uh, mashed potato. What's the song called? I think it's Land of a Thousand Dances. That's the song called. Yeah, yeah. man, that's such a great song. Oh Wilson yeah. Pickett. I know. Next time, next time when y'all renew your vows, we'll do Sam and Dave. Uh, we'll be yeah. We'll do Soul kinda, Man. Kind of think about that. Yeah. When's your anniversary? I'm. I'd be. I'd be enjoying putting a concert on. May twenty sixth. Uh, we'll do it next year then. It'll be next year. Will be fourteen years. I think that's the concert year. I think that's when you have like yeah. soul, do like a soul concert, barbecue. Because it's not formal, but it's yeah, you know, it's memorable. Yeah, I love soul. If we put on soul right now, like I would be, I would love every song. I, it puts me in a good mood. Yeah, me too, man. It's uh, it because it's it's real, you know. It's got emotion, and you know, if you can't feel it, then I right, go ahead and switch over to something else. So if you're a music fan and you go to Austin after the coronavirus, we've talked about the Saxon Pub. We've talked about Continental Club. What other spots are there? Um, again, if it's still there, the hole in the wall was always a cool place, right? Right next to the University of Texas campus on, uh, on the drag, Guadalupe Street. I think it's at 26 in Guadalupe. And that was a place where, you know, it might be bands you've never heard of, but it was always cheap to get in. Just a real, it's called the hole in the wall for a reason. But um, but they they always gave bands a chance and young bands. And um, I was lucky enough to get to play there with, with my friends and group of buddies that we play with. Um, once one one of our friends got her PhD and that was like a really great experience and, and get to play to, you know, total strangers. And, um, but it's always a cool vibe. I hope that's still open again. I'm a little rusty. Uh, the broken spoke, a great country place that, mm -hmm. you know, and they put up a lot of condos and stuff on South Lamar and torn down a lot of the, the old kind of neat, places and and even if they were just a tire shop or something but things that had been there a long time but the broken spoke has refused to sell last i checked and uh and that's a great place to see somebody texas bands like dale watson like real country and mm -hmm. you know if you like the two-step and and uh, and want to hear some some you know west texas country you know bob wills kind yeah. of stuff and which I, yeah great stuff i don't like the two-step 
Yeah. And uh, that's not for everybody. You more of a Texas waltz kind of waltz across Texas. Yeah, you know I've tried a two step. I just can't get it. It's not actually two steps. It's like a weird deal. Yeah, it's a little uh, shake and bake, you know. And I'm more, you know, I'm more of a funk dancer, you know. So <laughs> yeah, you want to bring it. Just kind of give the man some space. Yeah, yeah. Let me just freestyle for a minute. Right. It, I can't. I'm just not a Express good. Express yourself. Right. But I do remember in when R&B came out and I was at like Ashley Foster and Amber Foster, who's married to Jeff Knotts. Amber Foster married okay. Jeff. Okay. But they would have parties at like when I was in junior high at their house and we'd go over there and we'd slow dance to like uh, Some boys, boys to men and, sure. and uh, Usher. and yeah. uh, It's amazing y'all weren't all pregnant. <laughs> well, some people were, trust me. <laughs> Uh, that was some sexy shit. Yeah, man. I'm not gonna lie dude. to you. I was in college, so I know. What was it like Joe? Like little? Like I'd like to know. Don't let's not. Yeah. I mean, that was yeah. just a, it. Was another no, scene. No. It, it break you down, man. Yeah. It break you down inside. Keith Sweat. Yo, man, bro. After my, my, BBD, Johnny Gill. All I mean, those dudes were like you know yeah. Bobby Brown. Those guys were like young dudes. Bobby Brown is what the was, king of R and B. What was what was their what was their band when they were boys? They were a boy band. Yeah, um, Bobby Brown was in uh, uh, and Belle Biv DeVoe and Johnny Gill, all of them. But uh, what was the name of that? Uh, They're like you, my girlfriend. I don't know. Call me. I call. Man, Hopper, I know. Whatever. I just you can't know what I'm talking it. about. Anyway, yeah. but they split, and every single one of them became a powerhouse of some some tender loving. For sure, wasn't uh, uh, not so Drew Hill. No, that's not it. Uh, oh, they give it a minute. Yeah, Bobby Brown though, when he came out, with, it's my prerogative. Oh shit, dude! I still listen to it about do three. Do what I want to do. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're wearing the headsets right now. And we then, could be, yeah. Whitney Houston had said he was the king of R and B, which I, yeah. uh, she did a lot of drugs. <laughs> I disagree. The, what's the uh, uh, new edition new edition boom that's didn't it. even look it up new edition yeah. that's right we're doing old school radio I do have the internet right here don't even care not even looking at it so Austin City Limits I've been multiple times but I have a Antones gotta go to Antones Antones sure uh, I've been there the new Austin City Limits Moody Theater is Pretty, pretty, pretty incredible. Pretty incredible. Pretty, pretty. Yeah. I've never been there. I've been outside where the Willie Nelson statue is. Sure. He allegedly has his own porch in somewhere off of the studio, which is just for his quiet reflection outside. <laughs> <laughs> I've not found it yet, but I'm looking. So – uh, first Austin City Limits, um, I think the Killers were headlining, and then the second one I went to, Paul McCartney was headlining. Damn. But the Pecan Grove RV Park is mm -hmm. where I like to stay. I, we have a, Ashley and I have an RV, but it's it's like the pecan trees are protected from the city of Austin, so that they, they can't really sell it, but there's so many... They're old. Full-time. old pecan trees. So Big. many full-time residents there. But it's right on Barton Springs, so it's it right. It's amazing. Every time I go there, and last the last year I've been calling, there's a British guy that's a manager now. He's a he's a dick. He 
he's like, oh, you can't, you can't part here, mate. You know, whatever. Can't, can't stay here, mate. So I have to stay at this other RV Moving park. Moving along, but it, mate. It pisses me off. It's to the point almost where I'm going to get a smaller motorhome just so I can go there. But I think those days are numbered. But we could do one kind of like the A-team and just weld a bunch of shit to it and then just kind of just ram our yeah. way into something. Oh, I'm up for that. But when I would go there, we would go to Chewy's and get drunk on margaritas. Then we go to Barton Springs, jump in the lake there. Well, those are springs. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, which I mean, they're fed right there. They're aren't they sixty eight degrees year round? And, uh, yeah, and that's yeah. where all the hippies would hang out. And hey, be, man, there'd be topless. <laughs> I used to live right across the street. There'd be Robert, to- topless hippie yeah. girls there. Everyone off Robert E. Lee, which I yeah. believe they've just now changed. They changed the name. I yeah. knew it. It's fun. Um, these times. Uh, yeah, it's just you know hard to know where anybody's talking about it anymore. Um, but yeah, that was that was the best. I mean, I'll say that. You know, going to school down there, you wanted to people watch. Mm-hmm. Campus was always a freak show and the drag, you know, but <clears throat> just go to the Springs, you know. There was $3 to get into kind of the park, which is city park mm-hmm. and park managed, but where it spills over, which is a natural springs, you know, that, that runs into uh, the water's the clear. Colorado. Yes, it's beautiful. And again, stays the same temperature all year. But on the other side, that was a little more like kind of let your freak flag fly. That's where I would and, always uh, swim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People come up and sell you a dime bag of stems and seeds. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and plenty of people would What's buy What's the song about Michaelson? It's like, I'm just down to stems and seeds again. <laughs> What's that country song? Yeah. I don't but, know. I don't want to even so, think about it. You know, every once in a while you get leeches on your foot. Well, it happens. But they're small and you just brush them off. Sure. You have. That's you get, like life. You get those at Burtis Creek too. Sure. You're going to get a lot worse here than you are down more yeah. in the hill country. But I love it because the water's clear. There's a lot of rocks, but you can rent a paddleboard. It's and beautiful. I've had George on my paddleboard. You know, he's got a live vest on. And we can really sometimes go to the, the, the Congress Bridge and try to watch the bats. We've done that yes. twice, but we've never actually seen the bats. So somehow we always miss it and go back. But. You know, that's funny. I was He and I were talking about that literally last week. We were talking about bats out here, that they're good. You know, they eat bugs. And I said, Texas has, one of the, you know, the greatest yeah. bat population in Austin. And he looked at me like I might be crazy. But then again, I get that a lot. Um, so he stepped yeah. on a he stepped on a wasp on the ground over there barefoot and it stung, stung him right in the bottom of the foot and I I've never heard anybody cry that hard he cried and cried and he, he yeah. I felt so bad um, that is a tender spot buddy he, dude the foot man right in the middle of it and uh, we gotta appreciate the feet you know wasp this year really like you just killed a bunch of yellow jackets I think about twenty two or twenty three is my count. What kind of music are you into now? You know, like a lot of Euro. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like some really hardcore dance. <laughs> I like house. Um, that's what I do when I'm bagging coffee. You roast and bag, but I'm real nine inch nails, but like with an edge. You know what I mean? Um, are you serious? I mean, kind of. Um, I do like this band 
<clears throat> interestingly enough, our friends, uh, my younger brother Michael and our friend Ryan Philkill and somebody else, maybe it was just Philkill, uh, they went to a, a music fest in California last year, and I was actually working out on uh, Nolan and Susan's farm. And that's talking about listening to podcasts and stuff. I listen to, you know, Spotify or Pandora or some music. I'm in a tractor, on a tractor all day. Um, and I started listening to Joe Rogan and, and some really interesting, you know, behind like music stories that uh, we'll have to talk about that. But, um, but I, I was lit this music fest they went to had a channel on Spotify and Michael said, Hey, give it a listen. We just got here. You know, I'm sure they were starting to have a good time. And I was like, yeah, I'll do a little research for you. Like it's playing people who are going to play at this fest. They've never heard of a lot of this. It was mm -hmm. kind of, I don't even know what what the genre would be called. I want to say it's psychedelic free. I don't know. But anyway, there's a band <laughs> called Viagra boys and they are from, I want to say mm, Norway or Sweden. But anyway, they're like, I think a former death metal, <laughs> like that black death metal stuff, but they've kind of moved into a different, I guess evolution of, of sound, but they had a song called sports and they just scream. I, you'd have to hear it. I love a heavy bass line. I love drums mm -hmm. and, and a bass line. And again, that applies to blues. My favorite, probably my favorite genre, you know, overall, but, uh, but that applies to outlaw country, you know, which is up, up there with me. And you got to have a tight rhythm section. Well, even, I don't care if it's death metal like that, you need to be on and these guys bring it. And, um, and I've heard other things from them since I've been listening to them kind of, it opened me up to a lot of stuff, but I, I also yeah. like, uh, there were again for that music festival that they were playing on Spotify. I really didn't hear anything I didn't like. And so I like a lot of, you know, what we're doing or what people can do at home, you know, what they can do on their computers now and, and, and with the kind of, even with the garage band and, and just what you can, you can up your game. I do like, you know, anything that's, you know, real. Like somebody's, mm -hmm. it doesn't sound too manufactured. It's something that they're really, there's a, it, either it's good or it's not. But if you're asking like what I listen to, what I still <clears throat> have really, what I've really got back into again, I'd say probably late sixties, early seventies. Yeah. So like that's it. Whether it's the faces, whether it's old ACDC, Bond Scott, I'm really into the, the old ACDC right now, which is just a blues band, but yeah, amped up. If know? I have a record, the Clash. Yeah. Say I have a record player right here. You can put on anything. I put on the Rolling Stones without a blinking an eye. You know, but what I'd, song? I could put on. I mean, I would say put on exile on main street anytime sticky fingers anytime but i've been trying to kind of dig into a little more of their stuff i haven't listened to you know more from that time period that probably got overlooked or overproduced or something you know what i mean like some girls is uh, i don't like every song on it but the more i listen to it it's kind of like you know they could do anything they wanted at that time but i also like listening to the early stones which all they were doing was covering blue songs from muddy the, waters yeah uh, you know and and howlin wolf and yeah so i don't know man i mean i'm just trying to get back because i want to i'm really more 
I don't just think about music anymore as in the sense of enjoying it. I think about making it too. What's you know? the best what's the best environment for music? If you were to go to Austin and it's a you know, say it's a fiction or would you rather go to American Airlines Center to see a show or now you know, because now everything's expensive, it's not really personal. I I personally would, would want to go in a small venue see a see a show and i don't care if this person is well known or not i just want to i just want them to be good and then i then i can open up i can research their albums right but aren't we all like wasn't that the thing always is kind of like you know especially i would think in the 60s like our parents and you heard a little band and and you somebody played a demo of it on a radio station and that's where you heard it you know and mm-hmm. so then you went to the record store and it's like well we sold out we need more you know and then that was part of it's like you had it first i mean that was part of the hook and i'm sure that's the same for kids today you know but uh again stuff on i don't know what they listen or how they listen to music but but um but for me i'm the same way yeah mm-hmm. i would rather see in a live band there's something about them i'm still really drawn to that probably because i got to see it in austin and we mm-hmm. didn't have anything around here you know yeah and and you know it was and what we did see kind of you know i won't name any names but you remember those guys yeah you know it's like if anybody if they played it was cool that they knew how to play guitar or whatever but let's face it you know i want to see somebody shredding that i want to see yeah. somebody in pain and joy Mm-hmm. at the same time you know and um and, and really you know and again when you've seen people you like over and over sometimes they have bad nights and some nights right. you, and you think about it you stop thinking about it as i'm just being entertained you start thinking about like what is as a you know what does that person go through you know to do the same songs every night and that it's not just this magical thing every yeah. time you know but it, yeah. but it should be. It can be. Yeah. I have two two of those things. I, I saw Bruce Springsteen one time on his Devils and Dust tour. And that but, dude's got a hundred songs. Yeah. You know? But <laughs> like he it was forever. it was terrible because he wanted to do something different. He was playing acoustic guitar solo, and everybody was screaming out like you know, Tenth yeah. Avenue freeze out. And he was like, "Shut up, Atlantic City." And he he was like, "Be quiet. I'm trying to." Yeah. And Can you imagine the rudeness of like <laughs> yeah going and telling. You know, it's like, yeah, screaming at Bob Dylan, yeah. you know, like. I, I was I was telling Dan in the last podcast about when I, you people know, I, are the I, worst. I play guitar and, you know, as a kid, my mom and dad would get me to play. Like people would come over and they'd say, Sam, play the, yeah. play the guitar. So I'd, I'd play, I'd say, okay, I'll play. And I'd play and then immediately they'd start talking to each other over me. You know? Yeah. And it and it's it's F you buddy. It's, it's the yeah. worst. Yeah. And you're playing a, I think I remember yeah. you playing and Michael and Luke just started doing whatever and it irritated the shit out of me. Can I say I'm sorry, I just broke. You I'm can trying, say, you can say Well, that. I'm not I know I care not to, but it irritated me greatly. Um because here it is, me being seven or eight years older than you, it was like I could I could play a little bit of piano, but you were just blowing my mind with a guitar <laughs> and I'm I'm ready to beat these two which i would have anyway but you know for any excuse but but like shut up get out of here let my boy do his thing let me be inspired for a minute you know and no no i i you know i took piano a little bit growing up and i was gonna ask you 
Did you take from Mrs. Sanders? Or? Yeah, I took yeah. guitar from Mrs. Sanders I early early on, and she I, was my vocal coach in church. Yeah, <laughs> at the Methodist instructor. Church. Yeah, and I, I I still those are the only voice warm ups I even do. Like the ones she told me when I was five. Yeah, they work. Yeah, well, I don't but know about that. I quit, and then I, you know, I talked about this in the last podcast, but Steve Jennings, who was in high school, was in the Boy Scouts with me, and uh, he taught me. He he's I, I credit him with mainly teaching me the chords and how to play like Guns N' Roses and Metallica and he kind of he got you. I was gonna say like got you kind of like stuff you were excited yeah. about playing. And then after that, like literally the songs that I play, I've listened to them so many times that I can regurgitate them by memory mm-hmm. and by sound. I can sure. I can listen to kind of play it by ear. I can play it by ear. Yeah. And, you know, whenever we do play shows at these bars or whatever, people can shout out or I take requests and I just I can I can figure out a song even though I've never played it before. And it gets a lot of tips, you know, and so like we I was playing with Dan and his sister, Christy, only the tip (laughs) and brother, sister, friend. And they're like, wow, we've never gotten this many, you know, like because I could just play all these songs now. What I should be doing is writing my own songs and playing those, you know. But mm. I never had the time to. Those don't make you money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's in my experience. Yeah. But uh, anyway. No, I feel you. I mean, uh, again, I've I've always been somebody that kind of played by ear, and and, and as a singer, I can kind of get you know where I want to go. But but again, I have to hear it. I hear it in my head, you know. Like I really, you know. There are only so many. I heard Keith Richards in an interview one time say, "Yeah, yeah, this is a bite. Yeah, this guitar. Yeah, it's got yeah, six strings, twelve frets, and it's limitless." And I, you know, I think about that. You know, like there are only so many notes. You know, yeah. I think you know, uh, Ray Charles said something like that. You know, there are only so many notes, but what you want to do with them, willing to also, you know, like these guys. It's, it's limitless, you know, almost, you know, it's mathematical, and which is to say infinite. But Who's your favorite? Who's your favorite right now? I know it changes. That's yeah, I was going to say, man. I don't like this. This is a loaded question. But uh, favorite what? Hairdresser. Who's your favorite singer? Like if somebody doesn't play that just sings. Oh, man. Just a singer. I don't know. That's uh, you're talking about kind of like Frank Sinatra, like just kind of like just name a singer. Name Buble, Michael Bublé. Michael Bublé. Okay, he's nice. good. Boy, yeah. That boy good. <laughs> he's very he real good. Very yeah. talented. Yeah. Yeah. Likable. Damn likable. Yeah. That's part of it too, man. Yeah. Seriously though, You've I mean, been, like, yeah, I would just say, yeah, just vocally, like, the Righteous Brothers were great. Oh, my I, goodness, I'm just dude. saying, like, just yes. vocally, you know. And, again, yes. I'm sure they could play a little bit. You know, one of my favorite singers, and, again, like like Chris Robinson from the Black Crows, great voice. Of course, he can play some instruments, but, you know, he's most known Primarily as a Primarily a front man, yeah, sure. with his brother. Yeah. Tip it, this is this is a this is a wormhole we're going down right now. But yeah, you've been to New. Orleans. I'll say Buble. Yeah, sure. you've been to New Orleans before. <laughs> oh, a few times. Yeah. What's the difference? Austin, uh, New Orleans. Oh God. All right, <laughs> give not it, even what, close. What comes man. to your mind? And yeah, we may have to take five on this. Yeah, <laughs> let me think about this. I. 
All right. The city smells. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, the first thing I ever noticed when I was 18, that it smells like 300 years of sin and debauchery. <laughs> but that's what I thought. But, I, you know, at that at that point, I still went to church a lot. And uh, But, yeah, that's part of it. But it's also because their dead bodies are above ground and the whole city is yeah. <laughs> on the delta. I mean, you know, like, or in the, in the swamp. So you got a lot of both of that, I think. But uh, but yeah, it's it, it's old. It's multicultural. It's powerful. There's something. Music is everywhere. I would say that Chicago and Austin, you know, were actually three of the first big cities I ever had experiences in, and those were all music towns. What's the blues music? towns? Is it Chicago blues primarily? Man, to me it was. I mean, yeah, that's what I heard. Um, what I but that's what I was looking for. Memphis is like that, yeah. You know? Oh yeah. But uh, but I spent more. I've I've had some really good, crazy times in Chicago where I just walked around alone, you know, and and uh, just walked into bars and it was it was. I mean, Blues Brothers, you know, it's where that was filmed, and it's kind of like the record might scratch, you know, a white boy walks yeah. in, but like I'll listen to some Elmore James and they'll be like, you got it, and. You know, and what are you drinking? I'll have a Schlitz <laughs> or whatever, man. So, yeah, and no, and then everything go back. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I had great times, good, cool people. You know, in my experience, if, if you know, if you go easy, everybody go easy with you, you know, watch your back, watch your wallet. Isn't yeah. that the truth, though? You yeah, know. should be. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying it's not, you know, People don't watch you. I mean, watch yourself, but people yeah. are so scared of each other. I think so. Especially these days. It's crazy. I agree. I, you know, there are a lot of really interesting, fun, wonderful people out there. If you'll just, you know, give it a chance. I, I mean, I, I find myself pulling back a little bit, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, you, you, it's survival mode now. Like it's, it's, you think about that type of thing. Yeah. Maybe it's, you know, and again, just we are part of a kind of a, a collective, you know, thing that happens at all times. You know, it's it's really what you put out there is what you get back. But, but yeah, I mean, this is, this is a good start, just yeah, talking it, about these things. It know. sounds like you're a tour guide for Austin after this. I might be. Sax, right. I don't know, man. I might be done with it. I, the last time I went, I was not. I've been gone, you know. I've been gone for seven years, I guess. And uh, Colorado, and and then back in Texas a little bit. Then Washington State for the last six, her mm -hmm. first six months, and so in bouncing around New Mexico, and and um, really, I feel like I keep moving west, but are drawn to the west, but. I don't know. Austin's, you know, it's it was but it was bound to happen, like you say, like from yeah. the or mid '90s till now. That's been a while now that I look at it, and uh, a lot of those places, yeah. even though it'll get overpopulated, a lot of those places are going to survive, though. I hope so. Yeah, Deep Eddy, that's a whole Deep Eddy Cabaret. We shouldn't even talk about. It. Well, let's let's that's talk the family bar. I want to yeah. talk about that one more time. Well, <laughs> I want to talk about it for the first time. I I oh. say I say, have you ever been to Deep Eddy Cabaret? And people think I'm talking about strip club. Sure. But it's it's a dive bar right in front of the Deep Eddy pool on West Sixth Street. Well, I don't I don't 
I wouldn't call it a dive bar. I would call it, it it's an it's a bar that's been there in an old building. Once was a grocery. It's and it's right behind a, a deep eddy springs and 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 in city park. Uh, we love you, Deep Eddie. I love you. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll be back. One of the best jukeboxes in town. Good yes. 50 cent pool tables that are level. Uh, people with respect. I've seen fights nearly go down in there. And some old biker at the bar who hasn't said a word in three hours will just stand up and catch your fist and just <laughs> shake his head and, and walk you out. And everything goes back to normal, you know. And then – Roy Overson will come on, and the next song will be The Clash, and then the next song will be um, Doug Somm, you know? Like, go figure. And that Lone Star. It's one of the great last great, great places. Lone yeah. Star Pitcher is $3. And well, not anymore. used to be. Yeah, yeah. It, it, again, that's, now it's, it's five. the family bar. Yeah, yeah we went there before. Well, I've, got, I've got a joke for you. I've got a bit of a joke for you. But it's, where, where, it, it's some people ask you. Where does an Irish family go on vacation? To a different bar. <laughs> yeah. And that's your that's the family it is the family bar. Yeah, that's it. So we don't really have anywhere else to go. But uh one of the and not to keep dragging this out, but like one of the, my favorite bars, actually Brandon Sides showed it to me uh in Dallas, Lakewood Landing. Oh god. Oh yeah, yeah. That's it's, where it's, I used to it's, live. It's somewhere. right over there. Yeah. Oh, exactly. That was my. Yeah. I didn't live. Uh, I guess I was a little bit west. I was on Mockingbird, a little bit west of White White Rock, and I was in Dallas for six months and traveled a lot. I was doing, mm -hmm. you know, that real estate photography stuff. But Lake, I found Lakewood Landing. I think it was my my buddy um, that I worked for and and one of my college friends. He said. He tried to take me out to nicer places. He looked real slick. He can borrow one of my shirts. You know, my hair was long. had a beard. I was like, man. <laughs> you borrow one of my shirts. Dude. I was like, yeah, I was going to say, I got money at Goodwill. Like, you know. <laughs> but um, he was like, let me just go ahead and take you here to this place. Yeah. <laughs> like, he was like, this is your place. Yeah. And it did. It, it wasn't quite up to par, but had good jukebox, you know, decent, might have a little burger or something, you know? Yeah. It was, yeah. it was cool. And, well, uh, it, op yeah. it opens at three yeah. PM, but at four, they, you can get wings you can get food at four, but Steve yeah. is going to be sitting at the bar on the end every time he's a school teacher nice. locally. But when I ran for Congress, part of Lakewood, oh, so it's still strong. Part of Lakewood was part of my district and, we would go there, Dan and I, mainly, we would be going door to door, and we would go there and have Guinness and eat wings nice. all the time. It was, it was a great was I a, do recall the spot. food was really good. Yeah. The food is good, yeah. A lot of things, but I don't always think I should be recorded saying those things. Well, you said it all. So <laughs> it, this is a great first interview with Patrick Spruill. Just, we, just what, a conversation. What all did we cover? We caught we covered Austin. Talked about a lot of Austin. You know, and if if you're somebody that's never been down there, we've given you some good spots: Saxon Pub, Continental Club, Hole in the Wall, a few other places: Barton Springs, Broken Spoke, Chewy's, yeah, yeah. for margaritas, uh, Bottomless Chips, yeah. Shoal Creek, Shoal Creek Saloon. We didn't even talk about that. Great food. 
It's still there. That's a they're a Saints bar, but yeah. it's 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 a Cajun place. So good. You can drink Lone Star Long Nets on the back porch and look over Shoal Creek, which is gonna be fish swimming in there, snakes, ducks, raccoons. Um, uh, but you can get crawfish there. It's a badass lunch day spot for day drinking, Shoal Creek Saloon. Where else? Man, um, for sure, go to uh, to go see. What am I thinking about? Um, the view up there on Balcones. It doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> are you, are you actually, so? yeah, we don't want any more people going down there. So <laughs> if you're from Texas and you're within yeah. four hours, then check it out. But and you don't go there a lot. But uh, if All you're right. from out of state, here in this, it's there's a lot of reasons not to. You don't want to come to Austin, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and we covered music. We we started out with uh, Soul. We started Marvin Gaye, Aretha Franklin. Yeah, Sam Cooke. Sam Cooke on a jukebox. The Shirelles. Uh, we didn't talk about. We didn't talk about Otis Redding though either. Oh, Otis is Otis is a whole different. Again, I think he's kind of. He was so different. He was almost. You know, he was playing the Monterey Pop, and and, you know, he was playing with Janis Joplin, and he was. So with the blues and he was so soulful. He is, you know, the picture of soul. We, I could go off on James Brown for days, you know, but another time. Another time. Well, Patrick, thanks for being on. Great, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I had so much fun, man. And we'll, I'll Likewise. bring you back and we'll talk about other things, other travels. Talk about ranching. Ranching. <laughs> talk about cows. Talking about taking care of horses. Camels. Your favorite dog. Camels. Um, and just everything. So thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you later. I appreciate you. Bye-bye.